Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Uh, so, Luca Nation, we're hopping on here to do a Top Shot episode with somebody you guys have to know. Uh, they're taking the hobby, the crypto NFT hobby by storm. Uh, they go by the first mint. But I'll tell you, anytime I hop on to do a Top Shot episode, I can't help but smile. It's got this amazing blend of like, you know, okay, you can make money. It's an investment, but it's fun. It just feels kind of like an online game. Uh, so I'm really excited. We got first mint here. Peter, would you kind of introduce yourself? I mean, your story is pretty amazing. I'd love <laughs> sure. To the 60 second kind of high level about you. Yeah. So my name is Pete. Um, I go by plunge father on Twitter. I'm part of the first mint family, which, uh, there's a handful of us now, um, with LG Doucette, his brother, Phil D, um, handful of other folks that are doing sort of data analysis and news in the top shot space. Um, I got into top shot in the middle of January. So not super late or excuse me, not, not super recent, but also not super early. So, um, I'm sort of new to this as well, but over the last six weeks or eight weeks or however long it's been, um, learned a lot and have been putting out all sorts of stuff on Twitter and trying to figure out our way through this brand new marketplace. Uh, and to your point about, you know, what, having fun with this, like, I think people sometimes now lose sight of that. This is a game. It's a game period, full stop. It's a game. And it happens to have components that you can buy and sell and trade. And, uh, the gamification of this is the future. That is how we get. And I think Roham just retweeted something that like, this is how we get the casual people into this is not through, you know, meta transactions <clears throat> and, you know, a marketplace that's selling cryptocurrency NFTs. Like th it's the game. That's how we get more people into this. So what's the game? Yeah. What so right now, great question. Great question. Right now, as it's manifest, the game is the challenges, right? That's what, it, what are these moments, these NBA top shot moments, which are these non-fungible tokens, these clips that you've, you've probably talked about with your, uh, with your audience before, right? Right. They, they serve more or some of them serve more utility than just being able to buy and sell. Right. So right now there is a challenge ending at the end of this evening for seven 30. If you collect 10 moments of these cool cats, you get an Anthony Davis cool cat moment. Um, and the only people that can get that moment are the ones that collect all of these things. So it's a collection, right? It's that there's, there's a gamification of the collection element. Um, that's maybe not the primary focus of the site um, right now, at least in terms of the visible, um, outward progression of it but and because that's the news is the big sales but this is sort of what they're after is engagement with these moments that have utility outside of just being able to buy and sell so that's right now but what's coming right so they've announced hardcore which is going to be an app it's a game that you can play um they've mentioned uh, a handful of times jacob who's the community lead at dapper as well as roham who is the ceo um, and a handful of other folks as well they've, they've sort of hinted at that they've been working with another a company to produce this mobile game that's going to utilize these moments, these NFTs that we have uh, to build a lineup of something. So if you can imagine something like daily fantasy sports, where you have to put together a lineup of people in particular uh, or, you know, particular players in particular positions or at a salary cap threshold or something like that, um, that you could then compete against other people for prizes like another moment that is a very rare thing that you uh, as the winner might be able to win. Um, so it's, it's sort of, that's, that's where we're headed. Um, but on top of that, there's going to be all sorts of different third-party applications, all sorts of different third-party spaces that, that will utilize or may, may be able to utilize some of these things as well. So that's, that's what I'm most excited about with all this. That's why I think it has so many, so much legs here is not just that people can buy and sell, you know, digital basketball cards. So I love it because I get to be not the person who's cheerleading the top shot and oh it's great, it's yeah. great. I'm I'm gonna I'm I am <clears throat> I hate devil's advocate, but I'm not gonna play that. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna channel the audience. I'm gonna channel Luca Nation, sure. right? I, you know, we had um, we just did an episode with uh, Retro Boomin, and I made mm -hmm. a, a comment about um, Andrew. Can you look who, who who gave me who gave me crap about that? It said, hey, I brought up the gold and the the panhandlers and and uh, the stuff, but but that I pivoted. 
Um, oh. <laughs> might have been on, might have been on YouTube even, right? So I, I, I do the same thing as you, and I always say, you know, the same. Hey, it's this third parties coming in, and I say this mm-hmm. is the gold rush, and you know, the people, you know, it's all this ancillary stuff that popped up around it. The people who are selling the pants, people who are selling the axes, and the whole deal. And mm-hmm. I quickly pivot to say that's a good thing because. Yeah. You know all these all these other podcasts. Your own, you know the mm-hmm. the Plunge Father, which just sounds like a horrible accident in a bathroom happened, yeah. and you got a nickname because of it. But but Such you know, I mean, <laughs> so but but at your entire you know your whole, your whole crew is is basically top shot oriented, right? And and mm-hmm. and that's a great thing, I think. But what I get smacked around for in the comments is the gold rush bankrupted a lot of people it was a rush and then it disappeared and sure. you know it's not just top shot it's the market itself it's the crazy prices on on cards it's the crazy GameStop stuff you name it and, and i look mm-hmm. at it as like a positive and people are making money and this is a new way of doing the market but there is the other side of the equation the people who who like i said hit me in the comments and they say you know isn't this just puffery i mean aren't we just sure. like trading on smoke mirrors rainbows unicorns and, and yeah. the like you know so what do you say to that? What's your response to that? So I'm bullish on things in general, but I am not your guy that's going to be like, this is going to change the future and it's the be all end all of all things. And you know, the entire future is going to be run on top shot moments and that's how we're going to feed our families, right? Like <laughs> what I'm bullish on is that this is the first consumer facing application that has significant, significant like stickiness with the general public. It is a bridge between cryptocurrency and crypto assets and the general public. And what's the most, in my opinion, the biggest product for Dapper, which is the company that makes MBA Top Shot, Dapper Labs. They also have another number of other NFT related projects, which is built on this Flow blockchain. Um, And Flow is what was built because the Ethereum blockchain, if you're familiar at all, came to a grinding halt when the CryptoKitties project that Dapper Labs built shut it all down. There were so many transactions that everything came to a grinding halt. So they said, we need to build a new blockchain that can allow for these consumer-facing applications for, uh, to, to utilize these, these smart contract pieces of this technology. So Flow is, in my opinion, the future, right? MBA Top Shot is the proof of concept that it works. And for everybody in your audience as well, they may say, but does it, right? Because there's been so many challenges that the Top Shot team has had to face in getting utility or getting, uh, getting supply into people's hands, uh, navigating the withdrawal processes and uh, sort of the, the noise around that. There's a lot, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter related to that. But to your point earlier about the gold rush in general, the gold rush here is not we're mining Top Shot moments and that's going to be what the, the tangible asset on the other end of this is. It's the the technology that allows NFTs to become mainstream in addition to what's coming with other blockchain projects on the Ethereum network and other things. So it's it's really it's really impressive to me. And I don't I don't I don't care that like my I don't get paid anything right now. I might in the future, but like I'm doing this because I really enjoy it and I like it and I see a future for this. And then the first mint in general as a podcast network of sorts, like, you know, there's a podcast and there's a bunch of us that are kind of in the little family. We're not just looking at this from top shot only, right? That is the starting point because that is the 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 entry point for a lot of people into this space. But the the where we see this going is is a lot bigger than that. Um, social economy, tokenization of interaction with fans. You think about all of these different NBA players that are coming in and using this currency and this digital exchange of here's here's the ticket to hang out with me, right? You own my thing. I, that that's that's something here. There's digital currency, but it's also like um, it's it's also community currency. And I think that there's going to be a lot more applications of that type of concept as we move forward. Uh, I'm just think about a plunge token, right? Like you interact with my tweets, I give you a plunge token, and then maybe in my uh, Slack or my Discord, you get like the special plunge, uh, you know, the the super duper plunge uh, uh-huh. thing or something like that. There's all sorts of ways to sort of utilize that social social tokenization. I'll give you a, a really basic example. I come from small businesses, right? And small businesses need to build up a digital presence. Uh, but at the same time, small businesses, you you know, you come in, you buy 10 smoothies, you get one free, you have that reward right. card. Well, small businesses can now incentivize online uh, engagement from their community, which mm-hmm. then leads to rewards based on how much you engage with our content. Like if you engage with yeah. our content, I'll give you a coin and then you go ahead and uh, you, know, you get a free smoothie or you get half off your order. 
things like right. that is super cool. And I think it's going to give small businesses that are able to build communities and small businesses have been crushed in the last 12 months. Yes. The small businesses that could build online communities, they could then mobilize them even to, you know, online sales or in-person sales. But why do you need a non-fungible token for that though? If you're a business, you don't need a non-fungible token. You need a fungible token. You why need do you something need that it doesn't matter. It's the same thing as a punch card. Like you were saying, yeah. right? Yeah. Like so so, some, <laughs> some way to incentivize, but then why not just keep the punch card? Punch card costs the business money. And they, they're oftentimes lost and they're not accurately um, Record fungible, divisive. Like you're not able to divide it in the right way. Um, right. And or, if you grew up in small business, not with diamond hands, uh, you would know <laughs> as a lawyer, you know, I come from the dirt. You come from the law background. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Cage. Don't give me the dirty look. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm, I'm being serious. Forget about the token itself. I mean, it could be anything. It could be, you know, right. online. Why does it need to be tokenized for a small business? Forget about a punch card. I mean, that's just right. – that. that is an antiquated way to do it. But why not just, uh, you know, you sign up, you have a password online, and, you know, you can, then they keep track of, you know, how many you have. Why do you need a token for that? I mean, I, I guess what I'm getting yeah. at, guys, is, you know, before we all go and, you know, we all, you know, run naked streaky through the <laughs> right. quad about, you know, uh, NFTs and, you know, Gary's friggin' hippopotamus drawings. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, <laughs> Dude, why does it make sense? Right. That, it, it drives me nuts because he, I, I, he must think I'm an idiot. He must think we're no. all morons. We know what you're doing, Gary. Yeah. Not, you or, didn't or, just decide to wake up and draw little stupid animals because no. you, because you like drawing things. We know what you're doing. Right. We all know it's going to be an NFT oh. soon. I'm not buying it. Real quick, because I want to hear, I want to hear what Pete has to say about your tokenization. The way I understand tokenization is mm -hmm. that Dumb and Dumber, the first movie, when they open up the the briefcase and they have a million little IOUs in there. <laughs> It's the same thing, but digital as opposed yeah. to uh, physical. Yeah. Work. But Pete, give people, you know, who are out there, our audience is actually traditional sports card collectors. Sure. Give them the baseline understanding of what NFTs are just, you know, fundamentally. If that's sure. Okay. And and I'm I'm actually like not the super stud. Well, in this know world, this you're all. the super stud. We, <laughs> so in this I'll world, give you, you I'll give you my, stud. I'll give you my, my, my 10,000 foot view of this. Um, the, and, and sort of why, why this matters, at least in the concept of NBA Top Shot as a collectible, right? Top Shot, it's, and to your, to your point about like why an, an NFT, a non-fungible token, right? Something that can be proved to be yours. It is verifiable in terms of ownership and it is verifiable in terms of scarcity, whether or not it's very scarce or not very scarce at all, um, as we're seeing with some of these different mint sizes, right? But the idea there is that inherently the if you can prove that you own it, that it is authentic and that it, there, it is verifiably scarce, then uh, if that thing has value to someone else, you can then exchange it for some other thing, right? In our case, dapper bucks, right? Like that's the term I use. It's actually USDC, which is essentially a cryptocurrency that's just a dollar representation in a crypto asset, right? So if someone is willing to pay me for that thing that is verifiably mine and verifiably scarce and has a very specific serial number or anything like that, then there is, uh, you know, uh, in these smart contracts, we can, we can make that exchange in a transparent way instantaneously. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm not from the sports card world recently. I was in, when I was a kid, um, you know, between ages like 10 and 13, I would go to the sports card shop and open up football cards. And I, you know, always look for the hollows or whatever it was at that point in the, you know, mid two thousands or early two thousands, I collected Pokemon cards. I collected Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but I used them in a game right? For me, it wasn't so much like I'm trying to sell this back to the person. I, I wanted to use them. I wanted the Charizard because it was something that could help me immediately beat the shit out of my friend, Timmy, right? Like that was the point. It wasn't that it was going to be scarce and I can put it in my, my, you know, time capsule in 20 years from now. If I long as Timmy it, didn't have the Blastoise, you were all right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And fair <laughs> enough. Right. So, you know, water, fire, all this different shit, right. They have different power-ups and stuff, but like, I wasn't looking at it from the context of this can, this can net me if I send it to some guy that's sitting in his basement to, to grade it, you know, seven months later from now that like I can maybe get a mint and like maybe exchange it and hopefully find a buyer and hopefully there's an auction house or whatever these things are. And again, I'm parroting 
like the satire here because I don't know it. I don't live it. I don't breathe it. I don't have any cards. So all I'm seeing is sort of the, the downsides of that. And I know that there are all sorts of upsides of, of the cardboard, the physical, pre the physical um, kind of presence of those things. And from a collectible space, that tangibility actually has value to, to many people. Um, but in this case, I think devoid of that, if you don't care about that, and if that physical thing isn't, isn't, doesn't matter to you, there is inherent value in being able to exchange those things cleanly, verifiably, and de determine ownership and authenticity really, really quickly. Um, so the, the application that has come forward that has, that it seems to have, you know, gained stickiness is NBA top shot, but you, we would all be fools to expect that this is not going to be NFL top shot or MLB top shot or premier, you know, English premier league top shot or NHL top shot or whatever the case is, right? This, this is just the first proof of concept that it works really well. And that Joe Schmo, whoever gets it enough after five minutes that I'm willing to swipe my credit card and do it. So talk to me about how the stickiness, right? So my, my take on it is how is it any different from any other fad, any other beanie sure. baby or any other thing where it's basically all flippers. And let me give you some actual data, right? Yeah. So the most recent premium drop, you know, you, you remember which one it was last week? It was the MGLE, the, MGLE. the Series yep. 2, right? So those priced at $99. And mm -hmm. I think the Q was $200,000. Yeah, pretty close to $200,000. You know, yeah. Craziness like that. So the data that I have is a random sampling, random sampling mm -hmm. of 200 top shot users. I think I saw, users who I, think got I saw your tweet first, on this. First moments. In mm -hmm. that MGLE drop, meaning, you know, they were in that 200 Q, but they're not people who were in it before. So they got their first moments in that MGLE right. drop. 68.5% of those. So remember, it's just a random sampling. It's not scientific, mm -hmm. but 68.5% of those got people who got their first moment in that drop, sold their MGLEs mm -hmm. and never did anything else. So they not got yet. in, right? They, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No purchase <laughs> in the marketplace. No, they didn't, right. they didn't. And it's, you know, it's only been a couple of days. That's true. But, sure. but they weren't like immediately hooked. Like, oh, well, I sold my money. Let me buy right. a LeBron or let me buy a Terry Rozier or let me do this. They basically they got in, they yeah. used it as a flipping, right? They, they paid that 99 bucks. They got their thousand or 2000 yeah. out and now it's in USDC and they're sitting to hopefully one day on withdraw it. it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. And good, good luck for them. Right. Like I think that the burning your hole in your pocket is going to be a big deal here, especially when it gets cleaner, easier to buy packs, easier to exchange. The marketplace kind of corrects itself from the really, really high hype cycle. If you've got $1,500 in Dapper right now and no timetable on when you're going to be able to get it out and the next challenge comes up that's affordable and the next pack comes up that's affordable, I, I'd be... So let be, me ask I, you, I'll follow finding, that Finding 68... fair, fair, fair and not artificial stickiness, right? Because basically what you're, what you're saying is... It's it, held captive, it, it's, yeah. It's held captive and basically right. like, we're not going to let you take it out so you have nothing to do but put it back no, in. Fair, how that, like, how totally that, you're, you're totally fair stickiness. Like, it's like fake stickiness, right? Fake stickiness for, for those people. I think uh, at least those people that have come in and done that thing, I think in, in between now or between now and, you know, January 24th or, you know, January 8th, I think January 15th was when Bales wrote the article about the $35,000 Zion or jaw. I forget which one it was um, that brought a lot of the DFS players in like a ton of the transactions and the things that were sustaining the five, six, you know, $5 million in transactions a day were not people that were here flipping moments that they got out of a single pack, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big one, right? Because to be quite honest, it, it would be very difficult. I didn't get a pack. It'd be very difficult for me to say, oh, there's a 15X right there. You can have it, or you can like hold onto it and like try and complete a challenge that's gonna cost you 20 grand in other MGLEs or whatever those things are. So like as someone that's brand new to this, you, you know, if someone told you like, here's a, here's a savings bond, uh, right. it's only a hundred bucks, but um, I'll, I'll give you 1500 right now for it. Or you can hold on to it and hope that it goes up in value. Like, what do you take it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I never really thought bond, of, I never right? really thought like, of Top Shot as a savings bond, but no, I guess it's, it's, not, it's a it's good, not exactly. But, can I paint but you I a think, different scenario? Yeah, yeah go for it. You go to our arcade, you buy a, a ticket or yeah. uh, something that, you know, sends out three random uh, kind of things that you could trade in. You pay $9, you get the, the uh, pack, you open mm -hmm. three moments and that now you have a certain amount of redeemable tokens. And now you have tokens to play the game. That's how I see it. So whether it's, you know, yeah. kind of man-made or it's whatever, funny. it's so smart. It, it is artificial I'm giving, you, I'm giving you a hard time on it only because no, it's it's normally right I'm itself. in your seat and I'm like, let's go, let's go. So I <laughs> right. love having you in here because it's like a point counterpoint and I really do love it. And Andrew, that's a great, great, great 
point about the arcade because yeah. it was two Mondays ago, Jacob's office hours. Mm-hmm. He said exactly the same thing. Think of this exactly. like an arcade game. So this is an arcade game. So you're hundred percent right. And you know, um, you know, don't think of it as a money maker. Don't think of it as a flipping thing. But obviously, uh, yeah. the way that it has gone, it, you know, it's hard to say. Don't think of it that way. It, you know, yeah. it definitely is. I can tell you though, and this is, I'll put on a different hat. I've had much more fun in the marketplace yeah. than on the. It's packs, cool. If I'm being honest. Well, the packs have been a slog, and and I I think that's something that they you know they say over and over and over again. And I say they. It's Jacob who leads the community, right? Uh, Roham, uh, Alan Falcon. If you don't follow him, you should. If you're interested, he's sort of the game master, right? Like he works on the the collector experience team. So how do we make this for collectors something that people want to do and want to stick around for? Uh, and that includes not just collecting and hoarding like smog and the dungeon with all the gold, right? But like, how do we put these to use in the future with with a game, right? Um, so the idea here and what they've talked about over and over again is like, we need to get more packs in people's hands because this is um, not, not only does the supply, like the increase in supply actually builds a healthier marketplace. Um, you might think, oh, it just, cr- you know, craters everything, but like actually having new supply is, integral to this whole experiment but also the the slog of going through a pack drop that that gets delayed and is through this beta and the stress testing it's really grinding um and i'm like i'm going through it and you know it sucks it's awful but like things are getting a little better um in some ways it's things are getting a little more fair they seem to have at least outwardly and i think that it's a true expression of what their core values are they seem to be trying to protect the collector from the people that are gaming the system i don't know if you had an opportunity like 30 minutes maybe before this our our chat here they just released a like a statement on the marketplace bots um and everything there so encourage you and everybody else to go read it like they're taking a pretty firm stance that like in order to protect the integrity of the community so that we don't have that you know manipulation from outside forces that are trying to just you know come in swoop in take the thing and then then flip it like we want to build around collectors um and i think that that whether or not that's come to fruition yet in its final form, that's not up for debate. It hasn't, period. Like it just hasn't yet. They're trying to get there. And I believe them to an extent. Um, I think there are, you know, other forces at play when you're talking about huge dollars um, with all of this stuff. Um, but I think, you know, I, I like to assume positive intent until proven otherwise on some of this stuff. And and everything that I'm seeing and hearing with this, it, it leads me to believe that um, they are they are in it for more than just like gouge people for as much money as they possibly can. Because if they were doing that, they wouldn't sell those packs for $99. They would have sold them for a thousand. Um, yeah, you know, they had just, EV for like 2000. Yeah. So yeah, they could have got a yeah. thousand. They were, they were, they were EV of 26,000 or $2,600. And now that EV is about $1,500. So things have dipped pretty considerably in what, three days. Um, But isn't that healthy? Isn't that healthy? Andrew, you always say that, right? That's healthy. Go ahead, Andrew. What's your question? Well, on the side of the marketplace that you guys talked about, you know, not Mm -hmm. being able to withdraw, right? Sure. What if they created a second marketplace or paired people's, you know, how much they have in their dapper box? balance to allow people you know to get a ticket to a hornets game if you own a lamello <laughs> sure if, they, I, if I, you could redeem yeah. your hundred dollars for a lamello jersey or a rookie card they could pair it not necessarily hear you withdraw in crypto but hey sure you could redeem some of your moments or your dapper balance for <laughs> things that you love with your players they could create that double-sided marketplace i i would love that that would be awesome um i i wish i could go to a game right now um i went to one basketball game at the Pfizer Forum. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. So it's about hour and 15 minutes or so from Milwaukee where the Bucks play. Um, and Pfizer, they just built not too long ago and it's an awesome stadium. So I would love to be able to take my Giannis and hey, you collected that $89 thing and I can get in. Or hey, if you have three Bucks players, you got a Dante DiVincenzo and a Chris Middleton and a, a you know, Brooke Lopez, you know, and you, you show those things, that's your entry ticket into the game. I think there's all sorts of things like that. Um, and did you guys see the, um, Oh gosh, it was probably two weeks ago now at this point, the, like the tease from the Mavericks about the a Luca moment for the, the attendees at their game. It was sort I, of slipped. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So in business, we try to create win, win, win scenarios, right? Right. That's a win, win, win scenario. Top shot wins, the customer wins, Luca wins, the Mavs win. Everybody yeah. wins. Everyone's happy, I think. 
I think they should have a challenge. You know, anybody who completes a series one set can withdraw as much as they want. Now, are you biased? I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. And in fact, they're getting that right. And there's this has bubbled up on Twitter pretty significantly over the last like 12 to 24 hours. There was, um, I forget the name of the guy, but there was a pretty big Twitter post from one of the DFS guys yep. that he had and he withdrew 35,000, right? 35,000 bucks. You want to reward bucks. the one percenters with the mansion. Hey, Warren Buffett, if you make a certain amount of money. <laughs> sure. I'm no, no, but listen, but there were house. people, there were a lot of mm-hmm. people who have been in this since the beginning, like Wade's ETH and a bunch of yep. other guys who were like, wait, you know, what are you talking about active? I can't withdraw more than a thousand bucks and I'm as active as they come. I think that guy's account's like $8 million or some craziness. Yeah, n- not quite so. with Wade's on 8 million. He'll tell you over <laughs> and over again that he, sh- he should be at 8 million, but he's not quite. But <laughs> anyway, long and short of that. And I'm in, I'm in discords with all these different guys. So I see a lot of chatter outside of what's on Twitter as well. But the stuff that was on Twitter, it was sort of, it's sort of off-putting to some degree that there's at least the optics that someone who can parachute in, spend a lot of money, who is a verifiable person in the space, right? That that somehow circumvents or or skips the line, so to speak, in the withdrawal process in terms of their their the amount that they can withdraw and the speed with which they can withdraw. And and I think Roham got a lot of flack both from Raids and other people in that chat in that conversation about like how do we protect the people that have supported this since the beginning? And how do we make sure that those folks that have been on the platform since day one or day five or day 50 that that were here before the massive bull rush um, can, you know, you know, that are sitting on these million dollar accounts to your point can kind of extract some of that value because they built this community. Right. And, and, and rightly so like founding members of things in the same way that if you did angel investment in a brand new business, you should be rewarded for taking that risk financially early. And I, I I'm, f- I'm full support of Wade's and all of those other folks that have been here a long time, um, that have gone through the KYC process and have gone through, you know, the trials and tribulations of this beta and helped them build this, this infrastructure to, to sort of expedite that, that deal. I think that's their one, if not the biggest, one of the top two or three biggest <laughs> issues that they face right now in making this mainstream. Um, I am of the firm belief that the easier it is to get your money in and out, the better off we will be because more people will be willing to put money in. It's much like DFS or it's much like, you know, you know, if you go Bovada or any of these online sports betting things, if they lock up your money and it takes forever to get out and you can only get these checks that your bank aren't, isn't going to clear anyway, like people are, are a little more hesitant to, to stack the chips, uh, right. So to speak, um, there are a lot, it's a lot easier to, to have that if it's a, if it's a, a frictionless or at least a, a lot less friction, uh, process than it is right now. So have I think you that's ever a taken any money solve. out yet, Pete? Uh, no, I'm not there yet. I've only been Have in for like six weeks. No, I, I'm, I've, I've like requested the withdrawal thing, but I, I went through the KYC process when my account hit a particular threshold for, um, you know, trading value or whatever, but I'm still kind of in the queue for, for waiting that, on that. Like I said, I've only been in since like January 18th or something like that. So uh, I think it sounds you, like that's pretty typical. So Pete, I've, a, I've had a few friends. A few mm-hmm. friends have in the last, say 10 to 14 days have messaged me and asked me about Top Shot. Mm-hmm. These are guys that, you know, one of them was, was hilarious. He said, I played Neopets as a kid. Yeah. Tamagotchis right. and Tamagotchis. Digimon and, and all sorts of shit. So this concept isn't entirely new. It, it, I would actually argue it's kind of being perfected given a big part of what you said about CryptoKitties and how mm-hmm. the Ethereum blockchain was so slow that so they built Flow. But the actual concept is pretty old. And it was guys that, you know, on the periphery they saw sports cards traditionally, you know, booming record sale, record sale, Harry drawing Fleer kind of pictures and posting them on Twitter. But they were like, I don't know how to buy a card. I don't want to buy a card. But for them, Top Shot was so easy. I'm curious, Pete, you just got in. Like you, your story is pretty similar to that. What pulled you in? Why did you decide? Yeah. Just do this. So, so the genesis of my name, Plunge Father, comes from a group of guys. Oh, I don't that, know if we want to hear this. Do we no, really no, want to hear a, this? I mean, I've told I the story before. Know. I've told oh, the story geez. before. So, Plunge it's after Taco Bell on a Thursday. Uh, and then, no, 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 it's not. That's not you're it. You're an idiot. Not everyone is. <laughs> not everyone's powered by Wendy's. We're gonna have a sure, segment sure. on Luca Nation powered Dude, by Wendy's. It's just yes. Be the, the hey, I pub, love Wendy's. The bacon cheeseburger pub burger with the pretzel bun. Forget about it. You have not lived. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm sorry. One time, real quick. One time, we we hadn't heard from Cage in like two and a half hours, which is crazy because he's always on his phone. Dude, I'm on all the time. Then we get a text. I'm back, powered by Wendy's. That's it. <laughs> there you go. 
Love it. <laughs> you know, Dave, sometimes you Dave gotta Thomas, recharge the batteries, man. Dave Thomas knows what he's doing. He's not. That's it. Always no fresh, fool. never frozen. Let's go. He's never, Sponsorship. He's, time. he's no fool. He's no fool. <laughs> um, so anyway, long story short, with the plungers. So plunger is a term for a, re- a reckless gambler or a speculator, right? So it's an alternative term, um, like a tout or like you know, you know, s- similar, similar sort of uh, in there dynamic, okay. right? Okay. So. So I, I started a fantasy league with, at that point, it was like 14 or 15 guys because we, we were tired of just playing fantasy like September through December. So we built like a, a essentially a fantasy gauntlet. So we started with the Super Bowl and then we did uh, like, we did whatever, you know, horse racing. We did um, the Masters. We did US Open. We did Wimbledon. We did all these different sports, basketball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB playoffs, like all the way through. So we built this community around this like fantasy league. Um, so it's that the group is called the plungers and there's about like 40 or 50 guys in it now. And there's 30 of them that compete in that, the annual thing. We have like a golden plunger. That's the big trophy. Um, uh, so anyway, there, the, league, it's, the league for NFTs and gambling. Right. Yeah. And it, it didn't start, you know, it, one of the guys in there got into the closed beta or excuse me, the open beta for top shot back in like September or October. So early January comes around the Bales article hits someone posts it because it turned into a sort of social network that like there's all these channels and the board man gets paid channel, which is our basketball channel. <laughs> and someone posts that and it's like, holy cow. And then one of the guys was like, Hey, yeah, let me go check my top shot account. And he was like, holy shit, this thing turned into however much money. <laughs> um, he had forgotten about all these moments that were in there and they had like skyrocketed in price. Um, so we were like, wait, you didn't tell us about this thing. Like let's dive in. And that first like couple days was there was a pack drop and we, I got five packs and one of my buddies got like 20 packs and it was right before this massive influx of users. So we started buying these things up, trading and, and doing all this different stuff. So, um, but you know, in terms of the, like how easy it is to get in, that was sort of my, I was introduced by it to some, by someone else, but I got hooked really quickly because this pack opening experience and like the flipping on the marketplace is, is a lot of fun to me. It was sort of exciting to do that. Um, so another little story about physical cards um, that, so I play that those are all Dungeons and Dragons books. So I'm a big nerd too. Like I play D and D with my friends. i um, started in the pandemic. Like, Hey, how are we going to stay engaged with one another? And one of my buddies was like, who wants to play D and D? And I was like, sure, why not? I'll give it a shot. So I went to, there's a hobby store, not too far away from where I live, probably like 30 minutes away. And I was driving through and I was like, oh, I'll stop at the hobby store to check out and see what they have that um, in D&D use different types of dice and they're like all different types of designs and stuff. And these hobby stores have like really cool sets that are, you know, they've got little fragments of stuff in them and whatever. So I walk in and it's, it's also a card shop. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I st- I've been doing top shot. Like I'll crack a pack. Like, so I asked the guy, I was like, all right, give me a basketball pack. And I have no idea what any of them are. And I was like, all right, I've got like 20 bucks. Give me a, give me a $20 pack of cards. Uh, or if it was football, actually, it wasn't basketball. It was football cards. So he gave me whatever the $20 pack of football cards was. And so I sat there and I cracked them and I was just looking at them and I was like, so what's like, is this, is this worth anything? Like, is this a good one? What's got 10 rookies in it? Oh, well, none of them have any, like, okay. Like, cool. This is great. And I'm like relying on this guy that doesn't really know across the counter for me that doesn't really know these particular football cards. Oh, he's like, Oh, that, that Aryan or, uh, you know, that insert name of random rookie here. I think I got a chase young or something. And he was like, Oh yeah. Uh, that, I think that one's kind of good, but like my boss, like he'll come back. Um, and like, if you wanted to like exchange it or something, it has no like, ability is what you're really saying. Right. <laughs> right. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking to myself. And when I was a kid, like I loved collecting that stuff and, and I wasn't, I was buying packs, like individual packs, right? And I wasn't buying individual cards for the most part, right? I was buying these things in the hopes of, of hitting a lottery ticket or whatever it was for my own personal collection. Like I didn't care that I couldn't sell it or I could only sell it to that one guy that I bought them from. Um, so then I went home and I was like, okay, wh- how do I figure out what this is worth? <laughs> and, and so I was conditioned by this top shot thing of like, I know exactly how much it's worth because someone's willing to pay me that right now for it. And I could just exchange it and be done with it um, as a collectible. But then now I'm like, all right, I found a couple sites and 
I, I literally have no idea what that 20, any of those cards in that $20 pack are. They are sitting in my drawer. I could be sitting on a really expensive card. I don't think I am, but like they're sitting in my drawer and I have no utility for them. Um, and I can't exchange them. I'm not going to go back to that store in Janesville, Wisconsin to like sell them to the, the you know, the Dave guy. Um, and nor am I going to send any of them off to wherever. And I don't want to put in that time, effort or energy to figure out what the word It's really affordable new pricing. You're going to love it. It's kind of like buy one, pay 10X. So oh, that's awesome. Send them all to PSA. Cool. So the only Sounds thing great. I take issue with, the only thing I take issue with on that whole story is I know exactly what it's worth. I know how much someone's going to pay me. And that would be one of the changes okay. I would make to Top Shot. Um, because you don't know what it's worth per se. You know mm-hmm. what someone else is willing to sell it for. True. But you don't yet know what exactly someone is willing to buy it for. Yes, on more common moments, that floor is kind of liquid. Sure. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, listen, I, I can make a list of suggestions because I'd love to have like an offer kind of thing on there. Also, yep. like people I think come it's coming. Like, uh, here's my offer. The bid system, that, that, you know, like, like StockX. Yeah, yeah, something like. That. I think you it's, know, like it's absolutely stuff. coming. I think uh, if it's not coming on top shot either, it's coming in a third party um, because I think that makes a way too much sense. It's really difficult for us to price moments that are more rare. And like you said, that are ill. I think it's dangerous to have it a floor system like that because you got people Mm -hmm. walking around saying my top shots are worth $3 million, but that's like the same thing as saying, you know, my cards on eBay are worth $3 million Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm asking for. You know what I mean? The buy it now price is not the full value. So, it's a little tough, but, but I love the comparison. I love the you know the yeah. you know the whole deal. So let me ask you something. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm I got a couple of questions from from Luca Nation. We'll, we'll give you because you know you you've made some very very good arguments, right? <laughs> so one, why should I get in now when I wasn't lucky enough like you to get in when I could get yeah. packs and build up my portfolio the way you were quote lucky enough to do? I, sure. I get called lucky more often than I we care were. to admit, but. So, yeah. so tell, tell to the person who's thinking about, they're listening to this and they haven't bought Top Shot yet. Sure. So, yeah, that, so you know, they want to get in. Talk to them. Yeah. I, I think, so I'm not someone that like, I, if it's not for you, like don't force it. You know, if it's something that doesn't come naturally to you or you're really like struggling to wrap your heads around it, like find something else that brings you joy and that like that you can spend time on and it's not going to cause you stress and anxiety. Like there's way too many things out there to do that with. Um, and this is a speculative thing, right? Like the, to your point about being gold rush, I have no idea where it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to go to zero. It very well could. Do I think it will? No. Um, I think it's got too many legs and too many, too much financial backing. I think the, the MBA license that they have is absolute gold. Um, and I think where I'm coming from is I'm making choices about what to buy, what to do, trying to participate in as many pack drops as I can. I've been less successful in the last few weeks than I, than I was before. I haven't got any. Yeah, I've, I've gotten any. like zero. <laughs> and they actually, hate me. <laughs> so last night, and before I finish this, last night I, I ran a Twitch stream because I got 5,000 Twitter followers, which I was like really pumped about. Nice. So I, I had a bunch of people, I, I bought a couple moments to give away. And then a bunch of people like sent me moments to give away. And I, uh, I had like subtweeted my thread to like Jacob and, and uh, Roham and everybody. And I was like, Hey, I was like, I'm building community here. If you airdrop packs into my account, I will give away all of the contents of them. And during the middle of the stream, I get a little notification in my, uh, in my top shot. It's like, you have packs. And so I went in there and I had two packs in there and I was, I sat there and thought to myself, I had that immediate moment of like, damn, I kind of got to give these away, huh? Because yep. <laughs> I kind of, it was, it was that fear of missing out, like, and, and then ended up being awesome, like cracking them for the community and all that. But that experience is, is like integral in my opinion to this experience overall. So for folks that are looking to get in and people DM me all the time, and I, I'm trying to be as generous with my time as I can and like help people out. If I haven't gotten to you, I apologize. Um, but you know, I, I do have a regular job too outside of Top Shot. Um, what I typically say is like, it, you know, people ask, Hey, I've got 500 bucks to put in. Where are you going to put it? I would not put in all of your nest egg right away. Like, whatever you're putting, I would save half of it. If you're like looking at speculative stuff, because you want to try and hit the lottery on these packs, right? Because those are the things I think that, that will have like immediate, like I've got six of them and it only cost me this amount. And now I can play around with those dapper bucks in some way. Um, and I also think that be, as it gets easier and as it, as these things become more, as the market sort of corrects itself from these massive hype cycles, the, the lower end moments are going to start to come down in price. Um, new moments are going to come out in these new packs. We reserved packs, like 200,000 people reserved packs that are going to come like in the next week or two um, last weekend. So 
as those things come out, some of the, some of the like exorbitant prices are going to start to pull back a little bit. Cause right now, if you have 20 bucks, there's like six moments you can buy, which is not very many, but that yes. speaks. Enjoy your ish Smith, <laughs> right? Enjoy your ish Smith. You can trade it to crypto babe and get some nudes if you want, like <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to do. But that, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough sell, right? There should be in my opinion, there should be dollar and two dollar and three, and there might be there should be fifty cent ones, right? Like the fraction. There were there were three dollar you know, ones. There were one dollar one ice. Exactly. There were dollar moments all over the place. Yeah, all over the place, and that's that's the type of thing where you start to build these things, and then when it comes to the gamification of this down the line, then you have like, okay, I collected fifty of the one dollar moments, and like. I can burn them and put the, put those $51 moments into one $50 moment, right? Like there's going to be some things like that, that we don't even know about that are going to be like, you're leveling up your chart, like your, your Charmander to your Charmeleon to your Charizard, like your base set. Chris Paul is going to turn into your rare set. Chris Paul is going to turn into your legendary hollow Chris Paul. If you collect all these things. And this is just me speculating. I, no one's actually said this is the thing. Um, but like, I think there's going to be lots of things like that. So if you can get in and like in some of those ranges, it's okay to wait for some of this stuff to come down a little bit. Don't feel obligated. Like right this minute, I need to get in. I'm too late because frankly, like you see all these Twitter polls, you see people on sports center, Pat McAfee show. All yeah. These so that was great. 83% said what's how many people? Shot? Right. Great. What the hell is Top Shot? Like, it's yeah. not mainstream yet. It's mainstream in the people that you run circles with, which are yep. people that are. I don't run. I don't freak. run circles, squares. I don't oh, run anything. I run for yeah, no whatever, one. But yes, I know you what got. you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, it's becoming known or more known by those folks, but it's it's not. So, what in about the, the high price stuff, stuff? Right. So, we think some of the low yeah. stuff is going to come down. What about what about people who are who are the other end, which are people who are mm-hmm. sitting there now and they've actually done you know pretty well for themselves, right? They yeah. you know they've done the cool cat challenge and you yeah. know they've turned a thousand dollars into uh you know twenty thousand in dapper or usdc yeah. or you know fun money you know whatever whatever it may be right funny money yeah um what's my what's my advice to them guys, <laughs> do those guys have a future should they be now yeah. continuing to also trade up should they be trading their twenty thousand dollars worth of worth of cool cats and get in a gold zion or something yep. like that like what should they be doing Talk color up i think they should color up uh, that's what Why? i'm trying to do um because i think that the name of this game is going to be scarcity um you know, having, having a 50, $20 ish Smiths for 2000 bucks is going to be a lot that, that have 15,000 mints, maybe on value wise, the same as a $2,000 rare moment. That's, you know, it's a Brandon Ingram or it's a, you know, let's say Zach Levine or somebody like that, that, or, you know, someone in that too, that Donovan Mitchell is a good one, right? Like, you know, there's a $2,000 rare card that only has 299 or 300 of them. I think as more serious collectors get into this, as more people get into this in general, I think those things are going to be more sought after and coveted um, as compared to the the lower tier base set stuff, unless it's a really big player or unless it's a really uh, cool moment. Like the LeBron James is kind of the cross section of both of those. Um, and for your listeners that may not know, there's a LeBron James that is a three pointer uh, that that's a no look three pointer. That's uh, like he he's in the corner. He shoots the ball, turns around to the bench, doesn't even watch it go in and they just get hyped up and runs away. And there's 15,000 of those. Right. And there's 15,000 of them, but it's still right now, the low ask for that thing is 1250 bucks right? Because it's a cool moment on top of it being a LeBron James. But I don't think that will hold for, for other players in that middle tier. I think people could get wrecked by that middle tier of players where it's like, this has value right now because that was what was affordable when people came into this. But the people that are going to come in that aren't as into it as, or like in the weeds as other people aren't going to care. And that, that market for those cards is going to be really thin unless those cards or those moments have significant utility in whatever the game is later. And that's the big thing. So if you're looking at someone coming in, if you know basketball, right? And there's someone that's a stud statistically in your DFS game or uh, on a team that you, that you like or whatever those things are, that's like, doesn't get much respect in terms of like outward uh, appreciation, either in terms of their marketplace value on top shot or just like accolades in general, that person, that player might be super valuable when hardcore comes out, right? Because they're a really cheap way. It's like a, uh, you know, the boomer bust wide receiver that you put in your third flex spot where it's like, Hey, this one, you know, I'm, I'm taking a flyer on it, but I'm not going to spend my whole, whole kit and caboodle on it because that thing might pay me dividends in this, you know, that one week that he blows up or something like that. So I think there's, there's a way to play it, but 
play it. I, I think don't take advice from one person, like ingest information, uh, you know, don't put your entire life savings into this thing. It is a speculative thing. Um, and you know, try and try and have some fun while you're doing it. Um, but if you're staying up late at night and, you know, sweating, sweating, whether or not you should be buying a, uh, you know, a $50 or a hundred dollar, uh, you know, Isaiah Roby, like, <laughs> you know, just put it, put it in context. Um, this is literally all I do. I, I feel, I yeah. feel like it's scolding me. Last yeah. night I, tr- no, I'm just I, trying- I tried 173 times without success to get a call Anthony Towns cool cat. I got one for you because I got two. I, I, I got one this morning. I got one this morning. <laughs> Damn I it. probably overpaid, <laughs> but I, I decided that I was just going to stop fighting with bots yeah, to get the went, one at the lowest price and just said, I'm going to overpay and I don't care. I'm never going to look at it again. I'm on my way to my LaMelo cool cat yep. and no one's going to stop me. So I was in the, I was in the same boat. I did 30 or 27, 27 failures. And then I accidentally bought two at $525 because I thought I had already done it. So I'm, not, and I overpaid cares, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now it's, it's not going to go much lower than that. And you have, we'll and now you don't have to fight with the bots anymore. So it is well, what it is. It, it might go lower. I think one of the things that people are discounting with this is that there's, I'd say like Gonna be nice. 2,500 and 3,000. I know I appreciate it, but (laughs) there's, there's between 2,500 and 3,000 people that need a cat. And there have been, you know, 2,500 or 3,000 sales of that cat in the last 24 hours or 12 hours. 14,000 who changed mint it. So you're hundred percent right. The bottleneck is the Luca, not the cat. Actually super interesting. And something that I saw just before I got on and I retweeted of those, of those 14,000, 8,500 of them are still in packs. So it's going to be the gift 2.0. It's we're going to run into a situation where all these packs got distributed that have, you know, almost 9,000 of these Carl Anthony towns. So there's only like five or 6,000 out in the wild mm-hmm. and only 3,000 people need them for the Lamello, right? That's, that's the Lucas, the, the individual owners. Once those people get their cat, the, the supply is going to just dry up or excuse me, the, the buying market is going to be just dry as hell because yeah, they're so smart people. though. You know, they'll put that in the next we'll giveaway. See. And if, as long as they make it, you know, it whoever the, they need it for the next, as long as maybe the next giveaway is LeBron. And then all of a sudden everybody wants that cat. You never know. Yeah. These guys are not stupid. They know what they're doing. <laughs> we, um, we hope, we hope. I think that's, I mean, the, that's the, I think it's, so. But it's funny, we, the we day I got this, I called Andrew and the first thing he did as any smart person would do, and I didn't do because he's the smart one of the bunch. He researched the executive team behind the project yeah. and he called me up and he's like, this was a good move. You put some money into this because it's legitimate. It's a team. Yeah. It's a legitimate team. They know what they're doing. They've done stuff before. It was, but before yeah. he even invested a dollar in it, that's what he did. It's pretty crazy to think that, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, but, but they're smart. They know what they're doing. Right, Andrew? I think so too. They know what they're doing because of experience, right? So we have these like two buckets. We have the bucket of knowledge and the bucket of experience. So they know that blockchain, uh, you know, trading assets, all that stuff is going to be the future, but that's not enough. Everyone knows that. They also have experience with CryptoKitties and seeing what's worth, what's not. Mm-hmm. And Rohan's even talked about, you know, how they built CryptoKitties. It was a success in its own right. They went mm-hmm. back and for two years, they built Flow Blockchain so that Topshot could work so much more seamlessly. That to me is smart. That, that to me is how you would build a basketball team, frankly. Um, I, what I think they do really well, and I think we touched on this, but they always keep money flowing in the marketplace, right? So if there was only one way to make money on top shot, which is like mm-hmm. going from series two to series one moments, it would, it would kind of stagnate. But what they do is with all these challenges, here I am sitting on a lot of series one moments. I'm like, maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe I didn't need that Luca three pointer. And I could have went with the Luca cool cat, but the Luca three pointer is so iconic, but the cool cats for the challenge. I have to, I have to think long-term short term. And that's mm-hmm. cool. It's the gamification of things. It's a game. It, it, it all comes. It man. all comes back to series that. Series one challenge. I want. Let's go. Series one complete set yeah. challenge. So, Pete, what? Are, what? What? Couple, couple fun ones. What are you buying? What are you telling our people to buy? What? 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 What should Good they question. focus on? What's under? What's underappreciated right now? What's underappreciated right now? Oh gosh, this is a tough one. Um, so I think all stars and like studs that just don't get love. So, um, Chris Paul comes to mind. Um, Bradley Beal, I think, took a shit in this, in this, um, 
I think John Wall is always like, he comes up in conversation about this all the time, but like name recognition. Um, if you're playing the shorter term game of like, what does this look like when the next hype cycle of people comes in, who are they buying? They're going to be looking at the same ones that you looked at when you came in. So think about that. Like, what are, what is your eye drawn to when you come into top shot? What are you looking for? What are the first search terms that you plug in? Um, it's probably not, uh, you know, DeMontis Sabonis. I love some bonus. Yeah. Don't say anything bad about him. Okay, so you've leveled He's up great. because it's all about leveling up, right? And you started off, so. and you had your uh, you had your your uh, Charmander, and you made <laughs> yeah. your way to a Charmeleon. So what was the your Charmander last level was up? Andrew Wiggins. See, what, um, so what, what was your what was your last what was your last big level up? Uh, my last big level up. So the most yeah, recent on, flex big, a for us, no, I, I don't, I actually don't have a ton of like really, really high priced moments. The last flex that I have, we bought. Um, so we had a, we had a friend, you know, to your point about the flippers, we had someone who knew someone that got a pack and didn't know what to do with it. Um, and they cracked a Dylan Brooks and a Steph Curry number six out of 15,000. And I said, tell him we'll pay him 2250 right now. And I Venmo the guy 2250 and we got all thing, all six in his pack. So the MGLE is Dylan Brooks. It'll be used in a challenge later, but we have the number six serial number, Steph Curry common. Um, so that was like the biggest spend recently. I also bought a $2,000 PJ Washington rookie uh, debut because I heard, or I saw that he was coming onto the platform and I was like, Oh, like he's a rookie badges are coming out. He actually was playing pretty well. And then he just got, um, he had that 42 point night the other night. Um, and his common moment actually took off a little bit and has actually stayed above. Um, there's a guy on Twitter who's also part of the first mint family. He's a guy named Steve. Um, and highly recommend the, the follow there. Um, and he, he sort of highlighted that in a recent post, um, about like what happens when, with the player pump, I did the same thing. Hey. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I bought that and I think, I think it'll probably continue up. Like it's, it's, I bought it at 2000. It's just above that now. Um, I think if I tried to liquidate it, it would probably have to take a, you know, just $250 profit right this minute, but I think it'll go up a little bit. Um, and then we ended up with a couple of, a couple more S2 MGLEs uh, with the idea that those S2 MGLEs, and for anybody that doesn't know what that means, it's a metallic gold limited edition. Um, that's what they came out in these premium packs. There's 45 of them right now that are out there. Um, Right now, there are nine of those that are required for a Terry Rogier challenge. So if you collect all nine and hold all those nine, you get Terry Rogier in 13 days. But the other 30, however many, 35 or whatever, 37, something like that, those, those MGLEs, they will be used in a future reward challenge. So even now with the prices depressed pretty significantly, those will likely get at least a 2X bump when they're announced as a challenge reward. And the next four challenge rewards for uh, the MGLEs are Christian Wood, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Nikola Jokic, or excuse me, not Nikola Jokic, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and oh gosh, I'm going to forget the fourth one. There's one more. Um, I forget what it is, but they're all actually like really good players. I think, you know, scary Terry is now on the platform and, and all that, but like in my, in top shots, mind, those four other rewards are pretty high. So, um, so I think some of those S2 MGLEs are with the market down, probably not a bad play to, to snap up some of those. If you're in, you've got a couple hundred bucks or a little less than a thousand bucks that for ones that haven't been announced in the, the challenge reward yet. Um, because the lowest of those that have been announced in the Terry Rogier challenge reward, at least last I checked uh, was Tim Hardaway jr. Which is at, you know, 1200 bucks or 12, 1250, something like that. That was one of the first things I did that helped me blow, yeah. you know, grow the account was I bought every series one MGLE that wasn't in a challenge yet. And right That's before smart. the challenge, I sold them all. Yeah. So that was, that was one of the, but everybody knows it now. So it's a little tough. There's a little bit it's of a, a bump. It's a now. little tougher, but to your point about 68% of those people selling them off, like they're not looking at it in terms of what is this, this MGLE going to do when it goes into a challenge because they're not first in it. And that's something that like utilizing it in any investment thing or any game that you're playing, like use, use your knowledge to your advantage, right? If you know something, you can't assume that every other person knows that thing. There's, there's probably a subset of people that know those things, but like use your smarts. Use your, use, your, use your information to your advantage um, because you can't assume, especially in this Top Shot world, the amount of people that don't know these things. Um, and I'm trying to sort of reconcile that in some, some ways. Um, try not to give everything away so that I, <laughs> I can do a little bit of uh, damage on my own. But, um, you know, it's, it's, 
so many new people and so many people that aren't paying nearly as close attention as I am day in and day out uh, that just don't know. And that's okay. Um, but that means that, you know, you can sort of trade on that information if you need to. So somebody who has their whole account now and they get, they're going to be able to trade everything they've got in the last couple of packs for $20,000, right. right? Should they be creative with it and try to buy the MGLEs and do the stuff with this? Should they just they take that 20 and put it in like a, a Zion gold out of two ninety nine, and because that's what people you said go for scarcity. That's what someone's yep. gonna come in and try to get. I think those those like museum pieces are going to continuously <clears throat> rise and rise in stature and um, and uh, sort of uh, I don't know what the right word is, but like people will be after them actively. Um, and I think what, much like what I assume the trading card market is, like there are a couple really iconic things that um, everyone knows. 86 Fleer for Jordan, right, is the one. I don't even know. I've just, yep, this right. is literally what I've seen on Twitter. Um, so, <laughs> and then like 2019 Prism Zion is the basketball one, I think, uh, or for like the most recent one. Mosaic, does that sound right? I don't no, know. No, you're right. You, you're so far, uh, you're about a thousand. Cool. I'm about a thousand. Um, I don't know much beyond that. I can literally parrot what I see on Twitter. Um, so, but there are uh, things like, guy. how about Giannis 2013 <laughs> prism? Come on. You gotta know that. There you go. There you go. Um, back when the bucks had those atrocious, atrocious jerseys, um, much better now, <laughs> I think at least fear the deer baby. Um, but ultimately I think those museum pieces are going to like, they will be, even though they are very illiquid, there is not much of a market for them day in and day out. If you, if they appreciate well in value, you will, it is easier to sell one of those assets than it is to sell a hundred, you know, hundred dollar ones, right? Like, so there's, there's an ease of management of this thing too. So if you look at some of these massive accounts like MBL or uh, whale vault, which is, you know, that's a whole other thing or Axlow or any of these other guys, they might have two or 3000 moments. Like, could you imagine trying to liquidate 2000 moments? That would be awful. I have liquidated a thousand moments in the last month. Yeah. And it is so, not all from easy. an iPhone. Awful. All the from my doesn't iPhone. Even, he doesn't even know. It's not easy. What's your data plan look like? It takes a on lot Wi-Fi? of time. I'm an unlimited baby. Okay. Come on now. Grandfathered into the unlimited plan? <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm good. unlimited baby. Okay. But yeah, it, you're right though. And it, yeah, there is something to be said about that. <clears throat> but so good for you. But That's the, awesome but the, though. That's but great. They have a lot of liquidity, the smaller right. ones though. Like if I That's wanted true. $20 right now, I can go get gone, it. you know? So, yeah. but I can't, I can't get $20 yeah. out of a Luca series one hollow, you know? Yeah. yeah it's the floor is 88 grand, but I can't actually make 20 bucks off of it. Nope. Nope. You're, you're locked in. It's like buying the, you know, Shelby GT 500, right? Like it's yours until you can get it on a Mecham auction. Like, uh, um, so and that's okay. And, and, and I think that that for, for folks that are coming into this or making choices like that, you need to very seriously consider, you know, how, to, how are your assets diversified if you're looking at it from an investment perspective? And again, this is not investment advice, yada, yada, yada. It's all for fun and entertainment, so on and so forth. Right. But for me, I'm making sure that I'm looking at this from a multiple angles, but for me, and the group of guys that are sort of in this with me, because I don't manage my, and it's not just all my money, right? Like people that have sort of come together because we wanted to have some purchasing power. Like we're making choices about what this looks like in July. We made an active, deliberate choice to look at this and what, how we're managing it for July so that we can protect ourselves a little bit against the zero. I think we lost them just for a second. I was curious before it comes back, why July, right? And what do you yeah. think that they uh, ended up purchasing? Well, I said think they went with an Alex Caruso one. No, he said he said he didn't buy anything. I was asking what you know they got all these combined purchasing power, and he bought himself. What did he say? I don't even remember now because it was so uh, uninspiring. Well, no, <laughs> so I think, I, think he, I think he cut out. But Cage, you know, as we're oh here we go, welcoming Pete back in. Uh, Funny man. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. My computer crashed. <laughs> you hear me now? Yep, so we you said you're planning right. for July. Why July, you know? Yeah, so <laughs> to be honest, it, it has to do with like how do we manage people, right? So like, you know, if we had a bunch of people coming in, I haven't been shy about this. Like, you know, there's there's people that have kind of come together to, to make these choices. And it's too hard for us to say like, this is, just has an indefinite timetable. Right. We need to have a goal for us. Like, what does this look like by here? So that we're, we're sort of like marching towards that and like 
with the intention then of liquidating it, or in theory liquidating everything at that moment, right? Um, so, and, and who knows how that will actually play out. Maybe some of the assets we want to keep, people buy each other out, yada, 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 right? There's all sorts of different ways to do that. Um, and it's sort of informal in some ways, informalized in others. But I think for us, and what, what, I've, what I keep coming back to on this is that it's very helpful for making choices about what has like a higher or a longer runway or a shorter runway because it's very difficult right now for rookies for is a really good example where it's like how much more runway do these rookies have in their rookie season do i need to wait until they're an all-star again or you know the next thing like to to realize this or is it something that like you know, they're going to have their one and done. And then like next year, if they don't pan out, they'll be gone. And I, I don't have to worry about that speculative investment or that speculative choice of like, I need to, I need to wait two years or three years or five years to figure out if the, the bet that I made is the right one. Um, so it just makes it a little bit easier for some of that planning. That's not for everybody though. I think there are many people that are using this and, and are thinking about this in terms of a, a, a check and hedge against some of the inflation that we see in the marketplace. And like using it as a value store for other things that have much longer timetables, whether it's the three years or the five years or the 10 years down the line, where they see that, you know, $200,000, you know, Trey, you know, $200,000 uh, LeBron Kobe tribute dunk and are, aren't thinking like that's going to go up by 50% by July. They're looking at it like that's going to be a million dollars in five years, which is just not the end of the pool that I'm playing in. So it's been helpful. I don't, I don't necessarily recommend everybody do that, especially if you think that you're going to be into it longer term, um, which I think I will. It's just in terms of the, the choices that I'm making for the, the, the assets that I'm managing right now. Um, it's, it's with that sort of timetable in mind. What's next for the first minute? What's next for you guys? What's next for the podcast? Yeah. Great question. I, I think just keep, keep like content, grinding out we do the the or lg does two podcasts a week on i think he releases on monday and wednesdays and then we do a live show every friday um so we're working on you know different guests and building up community members and and all sorts of different stuff there um and then i think that the folks that are kind of being pulled into the fold like myself um and and some of the other folks like chugs and bugs and and greg murray um and steve and some of the guys from evaluate.market um, and a handful of other folks that are helping us with production and graphic design and, you know, all these different things is like, how do we build a website? Like, what does that look like? How do we build and like build around the community for, uh, to be a central hub for resources and for places where people can come for information, uh, that we can be like voices of, you know, like voices of reason within the community, as well as like positive, positive forces, um, as well as like informational sources. So I think, you know, not, not to pull too much behind the curtain. I think LG would get mad at me about like, what's our plan? Cause there's a lot of people in this space right now. And, and I think, you know, I, I can win with, I think it's the Gary V thing, Gary V thing, right? Like I can win and you can win. Like there's not a whole, it's not just a zero sum game, um, which I think Especially is how quickly it's growing. There's right. plenty of room for, for everyone. Right. And, and I think that it's very likely that, that there will be a lot more of that. So how do we build out? And I don't want to call it a network, but like, how do we build out a collaborative network of individuals that, that can like contribute to the building of something bigger than the, the sum of its parts. Um, so I think that's, uh, you know, that's where we're headed in, in the short term. So you can expect a lot more content from us in general. Um, if you don't follow LG uh, or at the first mint, please do. Um, it's, it's a blast. Uh, and I, I, you know, as I'm a fan first, and then I'm also part of that, that as well. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been nice to be able to speak to to folks like yourself that are doing something similar in a, in a kind of similar space as well. Because it's it's always cool to talk top shot top shot with people that know top shot, um, but also to and to your audience that may not. Um, that like gives me energy, and uh, I'm really pumped about it. So, I love it. We're doing an NFT night tonight on Clubhouse. Uh, okay. What do you wish people? Because NFTs are so much more than top shot, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So much more like Top Shot is uh, like a pebble in the NFT world. What what do you see happening with NFT? Yeah. What's your you know one two minute take on NFT? Yeah, so I am I am certainly not the expert on this, and because I really haven't like invested or dove into other projects, I, I, this is not something that I've I've spent enough time learning or or really heading into. Um, what I see other people that I trust uh, speak about, and what I sort is sort of internalized in in what I've uh, like 
read and ingested is that there are a lot of opportunities to have creative applications of concepts within the NFT world. It's not just a piece of art. It is not just a moment. It is not just you know, this, that, or the other thing, right? We talked about tokenization earlier, but like there are lots of different ways that these, these, that you can apply a concept or utilize the, the, the technology of a non-fungible token for, um, for not just like making money, but, but kind of, uh, supporting artists or, um, supporting things and causes that you care about. Um, I think it was, is it three Lao? I don't know how you say that three LA, LAU that did the, the record sale the other night. That was incredible, right? Kind of watching from the sidelines of, um, you know, these, these, uh, recordings that were, you know, unique and very scarce. If you, you know, my, my only concept is like, uh, I forget who it was like Martin Shkreli bought the, um, what was the, uh, what was the artist that he bought the like un, unreleased mixtape for, for like a couple million bucks before he went to jail. I forget who it was. I, and I, I feel it bad. It was a hip hop artist, right? Yeah. It was a hip hop artist or a group. I forget. Wu-Tang Clan. Was it Wu-Tang Clan? Mm -hmm. um, okay. Good so call. Like, he bought like the, the unreleased mixtape for like whatever. And, you know, I've, maybe that's not an NFT, but it's like the same concept where it's like, oh, this, this really unique, scarce, personalized thing is, is a mechanism for me to engage with an artist in a, in a very unique way or engage with a celebrity in a very unique way or engage with a star, uh, you know, a superstar from a sports world uh, in a very unique way. So there's, there's lots of those types of opportunities. Um, I, like I said, I, I have not put any capital in anything else. I, I have been enjoying sort of reading and learning about all of these other things. But what I'm most excited for personally is what's coming on flow because I have Dapper Bucks <laughs> and what's coming on flow next or at least one of the next projects is Dr. Seuss art. Um, so I think it's like drseuss.flow.com or something like that. Like they're gonna be utilizing the flow blockchain to, to have a project relative to, um, to that. So. I think their flow's biggest asset is not NBA top shot moments. Flow's biggest asset is a hundred thousand or 200,000 or 300,000 or 400,000 people that are verified identities that have money in dapper wallets that they can point at other things that are on the flow blockchain. And if you don't think you're the product, then you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> so that's, I know that they're building around community and there are elements of that, but just like Facebook, just like Instagram, just like TikTok, just like any other social network that is like, you are the product, even though you use the service. Um, so just keep that in mind, um, and don't don't like get jaded or or guys. I guess the wool pulled over your eyes. That like there is business happening here, and you as a user are a valuable asset for them to utilize in some way, shape, or form. Even if that also entails building community around these things, which is a very key and integral component to, as, at least as far as I know and as far as I've seen the vast majority of these NFT, NFT projects that are successful. It's not just cash grab and done, it's community built around that particular thing. So that's, that's my thoughts, high level. Love it. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.